0: Hello, my name is Tiffany Heath, and my Dharma name is Wan Do Kwa. I have been a part of the Sangha of the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Wan Buddhist Temple since 2018. A scripture that resonated with me within the first few weeks of my starting my practice and continues to motivate me can be found in the Scripture of the Founding Master, Section 3, Practice verse 23 it says when you open your eyes you will see scripture when you listen you will hear scripture when you speak you will be reciting scripture when you act you will be applying scripture anytime and anywhere this scripture will unfold without end you see the practice of Wan Buddhism does not require special conditions or extraordinary tools. We have the Ilwan Song, the symbol of Wan Buddhism. That simple circle that hangs above altars worldwide reminds me to see, guard, nourish, and engage my mind and all of my senses so they can serve as my teacher. Instead of relying on my personal preferences, opinions, and judgments. My goal is not perfection or utopia. Instead, my practice is to become as well-rounded as the Ilwan Song. A bit about myself. Uh, my life career has focused on working with labor unions and social justice activism. Through the influence of my parents' work, and faith communities surrounding me growing up in New Jersey, for the last 16 years, I have lived in the Washington, D.C. area working for an international labor federation. As I continue to learn more about the practices and writings of the founding master and the subsequent Dharma masters of Wan Buddhism, I see the connection between the vows that I took as a young girl to work on behalf of others and the four great vows. The four great vows state, sentient beings are numberless, we vow to save them. Delusions are endless, we vow to eliminate them. Teachings are infinite, we vow to learn them. Supreme enlightenment is inconceivable, we vow to attain it. I am sure you are asking, What does union activism and the Four Great Vows have in common? Well, a significant portion of my day-to-day position is called to pay attention, detailed attention, to reports, legislation, and various commentaries on what is taking place in individuals' lives, their families, and their communities. I have learned and witnessed that suffering is not from the guaranteed uncertainty of life, but is rooted in the three poisons, greed, hatred, and delusion. And all three rage in every human heart. Yet, any one of us who has ever experienced or seen the truth of what is confronting our collective societies, it seems overwhelming. We may have felt too tired, lonely, bitter, perhaps feeling too privileged to engage, or perhaps even addicted to old habits that do not allow us to move forward. I know I have felt that way, so I am sure that you can understand the question that I ask myself daily. What is my world made of? The palpable suffering of real human beings requires the transformation of my mind ground. And while I can meditate and pray for kindness and compassion, I strive just as hard to ensure that such transformative meditations are not merely inward experiences geared towards my own transformation. Instead, I continually seek to develop the kind of compassion that rolls up its sleeves and steps willingly into the complex lives of others. This is where the intention of the four great vows has sustained me and continually inspires me in my work because they are a gentle reminder that I can transcend my perceived limitations to act for the greater good. For me, Life these days is a roller coaster ride between hope and fear, oscillating between what is possible and what is. Like all roller coasters, this one is both exhilarating and terrifying, often simultaneously. I try my best to be fully engaged in being part of the solution, but then I sometimes find myself plunging into despair at the enormity of the challenges in front of me and the fear that my efforts will fail. Then there are the many times when instead of connecting with my heart, when it is tender after hearing a personal story of anguish or even triumph, I find that I have this ability to cut myself off from connecting to any vulnerability or pain. Instead, I shield myself with numbness and rigidity and facts and figures. And unfortunately, then the people I serve become demographic statistics and chess pieces in a political game rather than the full human beings who just want the opportunity to do the best for themselves and their communities. In those moments, I realize. I've fallen into the egoistic need for personal and professional success in the eyes of fellow sentient beings. Then, to add to my suffering, if something goes wrong, I sometimes say to myself, people don't understand what is happening, but I do. So with these thoughts, how can I work for justice and help create a beloved just society when my mind prejudges every action based on my needs. Through my practice of seeing and engaging the world as a living scripture, I am learning that it is not enough to intellectually know facts and figures or to even have the clarity of a personal conviction. The four great vows contain words that provide an alternative way of approaching my work and my life. When I recite these vows, I'm reminded within my practice to help save, eliminate, learn, and attain. In other words, I'm forming my own practice. Now I see where I need to put my effort. If I want to help save all sentient beings, I must work with my anger, my ignorance, and my passion. These vows make me more watchful about acquiring more skillful ways to deal with my difficulties, personally, professionally, or societally. Sitting with those emotions, it is no longer my purpose to distance myself from them or to even seek to become a better person. Instead, my goal is to finally acknowledge the reality of mine and other situation right in front of me. Being open and present is the formation and foundation of my practice. And I do understand that some believe that the best way to benefit all sentient beings is to leave social and political activities aside and concentrate on achieving personal enlightenment. For me, I view the ordinary events of our daily life as the foundation of enlightenment, because I look at my daily life as my practice. As one Buddhist practitioners, we are called to add our contribution from within society. Not only in our private daily practice or with our sanghas, but also in relationships with those close to us and in our lives as residents, citizens and members of a global society. It's possible to make ourselves available to the enlightenment, wisdom and compassion that we so long to be touched by and to spread those virtues to the world around us. For me, freedom comes with the acceptance of knowing that I cannot tailor the world to suit me, nor can I force the world to fit into my complete vision of things. However, this does not mean I should not aspire to make things better. Instead, I recognize that through my practice and reciting the four great vows, I am being asked not to become entangled in the cynicism outside of myself and especially within myself. I need to face my fear and sufferings and transform them into goodwill and equanimity for others. I no longer strive to be worthy of my position. Now I keep my prayers simple. I ask that the universe's luminous totality helps me fulfill the four great vows that all things should come into existence and grow towards awakening. Awakening to our shared goal of paying greater care to the challenges of human life, being more encouraging of kindness and passing on our wisdom from one person to the next. Thank you.